0: Good morning everyone. It's wonderful to have you here with us at Sunday service. My name is Naya Nandi. This is Naya Bharat. We want to especially welcome all of you who are here for the first time and are watching us or are watching us on the internet. And also we have a very special group of guests today. Our family from India is here and uh, 12 uh, pilgrims and we're so happy to have them here. Thank you. So I'll read this morning from Rays of the One Light, which are weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita written by Swami Kriyananda. This week's reading is called The Eternal Now. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. When will I find God? Many devotees have asked this question. Because worldly goals require time, usually, for their fulfillment, we imagine time to be a factor on the spiritual path. And so it is, but only because we think it is. God is as much with us now as he will ever be. It is not he who needs to come to us. We need to come to him. And that process of coming is a matter of transforming our self-perception. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, Jesus Christ says, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. There is a practical teaching in these words, apart from their statement that we have God already, and have only to realize that truth jesus is saying lift up your eyes and look to hold the eyes uplifted is the best position for meditation for the seat of superconsciousness lies at a point midway between the eyebrows in the frontal lobe of the brain just behind that point this point is known also as the christ center. By lifting up your eyes and concentrating there, you will find it easier to enter a state of ecstasy. That is why saints in every religion have often been observed during states of deep inner communion with their eyes uplifted, focused on the inner light, white, white, as Jesus said, already to harvest. The Bhagavad Gita goes further into this meditative teaching. In the sixth chapter, it states Holding the spine firm, the neck and head erect and motionless, let the yogi focus his eyes at the starting point of the nose, the point between the eyebrows let not his gaze roam elsewhere in meditation tell yourself i have him already i am alive forever in the divine light thus through holy scripture god has spoken to mankind
1: Good morning. morning. (laughs) I'd like to read from "Whispers from Eternity," and their mystical poems by Paramahansa Yogananda. Flowers, cloud-scattered skies, and all beautiful blossoming scenery—all these only suggest Thy divinity. I enjoy them i i revel in them but then they remind me of thee in that remembrance these mere though glorious messengers vanish and the beauty of my own beloved infinity enthralls me as anandi was uh, reading uh, this week's reading uh, i uh, the thought came to me that Uh, most of uh, people in society they uh, either live in the eternal past or the (laughs) eternal future, but not the eternal now. Uh, There's a a special forces uh, expert that would train people on survival techniques. And he uh, said that uh, all the, the people that knew how to camp, people knew all the edible plants and uh, all the things about nature, um, there wasn't really an advantage. He said, give me positive people uh, that don't know anything and I'll guarantee you that they'll come out of uh, a a survival situation much better uh, than people with uh, outward knowledge. And I was thinking about the carping spirit. Uh, the carping spirit is something that's very popular today, <laughs> and it's, just, it, it's simply just a, a non-acceptance of, w- of what is. And uh, there was a period in uh, my life where I was going through uh, some real challenges, and they seemed to be continuous for a while. And um, I first I want to read a, a, a sentence that Swami wrote about the eternal now before I continue the story. Because I just came across this five minutes before I left the house, (laughs) so I don't have it memorized. But he said, the eternal now is sweetness absolute, uh, full to overflowing with the bliss of God. And during this challenging time, uh, I had this strong thought this image uh, in meditation. Uh, And it was the thought. A divine Mother, of course, a Divine Mother is God's presence in this world and uh, uh, the creative aspect of the divine and I saw her standing there and uh, with just this uh, beatific smile on her face just looking at me and uh, She was holding in her hands my karma that was especially made for me and, you know, uh, God is beyond vibratory creation, and He wants us to be beyond vibratory creation too. Uh, in the Bible it says we'll have dominion over the whole earth. It doesn't mean that uh, we become uh, a housing developer, or, uh, <laughs> like, but it means that we're, we're free of uh, you know, the material plane, the astral plane, and that we're one with God. And so she, uh, so I knew this karma was for me to free me. And I could tell by the love of Divine Mother, uh, that's exactly what it was. And she just held it out to me, with just this beautiful smile. And of course I, I had to take that karma and I wanted to take that karma. And so I reached out and took that karma and then brought it, as I brought it to my and they fully accepted it, I felt energy flowing upwards, uh, uh, up through my spine. And Paramahansa Yogananda, he said that the quickest way to overcome karma, and uh, the most happy way to overcome karma, uh, was to accept it cheerfully and calmly, and not add any more vibration to it, uh, but to just, and you know in, in in Patanjali it talks about it's only through stillness that we see through delusion because then everything comes to rest and, and and so more and more you know that that isn't that the secret it's just finding that still center some years ago a uh, Nayaswami Jochish and I we were talking about uh, the spiritual life and of some things that we found inspiring, and this is many years ago, it could be thirty five years ago, uh, but jochish said i 'm working on getting rid of resistances, and you don 't think of Jochish, those that know him as someone with resistances, so I think he, he was very successful uh, and uh, but it 's that rejection uh, you know we, uh, And thinking of the eternal now, the eternal now is right now. Uh, The eternal now is every episode that comes into our life. And we have the opportunity, because everything comes from God. Uh, Swami and uh, Kriyananda and the material success, he said that everything that comes to us is just an instrument for our karma to come to us, so we can become free. So everything... That comes. I I was, as I was writing in the old book, I realized, you know, Om is the creative force in life that makes everything, and Om has made a special world for each one of us, uh, instant to instant, and we can accept that world and that divine gift, uh, or we can reject it, and it really, uh, really just depends on us. And the more that we fully uh, accept it, the more quickly we understand and we move through our our karma, and the freer we become. Well, getting back to the carping spirit, uh, there's just that tendency to just not accept what is, and to always weigh everything, compare everything. And I, I heard this wonderful story of a group of children, of course, Christ. Uh, 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 you know, said, bring the children here. You know, they're the ones coming quickly uh, quickly to heaven uh, because of their innocence. Well, there's a group of 10-year-old uh, uh, children, and they were playing basketball, and they were having a great time playing basketball. And it became halftime, and the coach waved them all over to the bench. And because the children uh, knew that the score was very important to the parents, uh, they said, what's the score? What's the score? Uh, and so the, the father that was keeping score for the team said, well, it's 30 to 8. And then the children asked, who's ahead? Who's ahead? Because <laughs> they hadn't been keeping score at all. Uh, they were just playing. They were just immersed in the experience. And they weren't counting and measuring. And uh, who is the one that wants to know the score? Who is the one that wants to compare oneself with other people? Uh, it's the ego, isn't it? Uh, ego that's trying to, it's desperate, it's just grasping uh, to try to pump itself up. And so it looks for it any way that it can. Uh, and so, but that, but that just, that sweet innocence of just playing. We, we don't, we get into a flow with life where we're just really a part of life and we feel the underlying joy. Uh, of life uh, with that kind of spirit where uh, there's, this, there's not a separation. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda said that we use only 5% uh, of our concentration. Maybe he wasn't talking about Kriya yogis. I hope he wasn't. <laughs> but um, I, when I was writing one of my nature books, I uh, thought, well, gee, then that means that our experience of nature there's only 1 of what's uh, possible. And I was in this really particular beautiful area uh, that was just this oasis, and it was like sort of desert all around, and it was just a lush paradise. And, and I was just thinking um, that, gosh, this is so beautiful, and then it's just gone. You know, with, when my thoughts would go in the past or the future, it would just really vanish. And, uh, and I, I always think, of course, with God, it's the same way. Uh, Sheikh Teshwar, when somebody doubted God, uh, he challenged the person, didn't he, to uh, observe your thoughts for a day, I think it was a day, and you'll see why God is not present uh, in your life. Uh, I was um, recently in South Korea, and before that, Taiwan, and there was an exercise that I w- was doing with the group Uh, Just to emphasize that, and uh, this was in a garden uh, forest area in South Korea, and it was a reflective pool just uh, about two feet uh, deep, and it had 120 people around. And I talked about uh, the bottom of the pool, the water is very, very still and unmoving in that spirit. Uh, But then the surface is disturbed every once in a while by a dragonfly or mayfly or leaf falling or the wind ruffling the surface. But that's all exterior uh, to uh, the lake itself. And it was kind of a perfect setting because they were around this reflective pool, 120 people. Then there was a little raised pagoda and I had uh, six stones in my hands. And I was explaining about uh, how a sage had said, uh, whenever you come to a still body of water, absorb that stillness and feel the calmness in your soul. Uh, but then every time you find your mind hijacked, you throw a stone <laughs> into the water, and it causes a commotion. And isn't this what happens when we really emphasize our own ego, uh, things that we want, as opposed to uh, you know what the universe wants. And it created a splash, but then you let these little circles just fade away, and you uh, come back to the present moment. Uh, just to emphasize uh, the importance uh, of that, that sense of stillness, of coming back home. And it, uh, there was a Zen monk um, attending. He was just jumping up and down. I'm going <laughs> to use this for my, my classes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, we're, we're sometimes uh, the unwillingness monster, I think uh, Hari Das, who I think is in the audience, uh, uh, he, I think he coined the term the unwillingness monster. Uh, and that means that we're resisting uh, what life is bringing to us. And it's a great concept, because we realize that we're, we're really caught and that we're really not able to really receive. Uh, and, uh, the karma, the life experiences that have come to us, uh, to free us. And in 1981, I had the opportunity uh, to go lecture for five weeks in England. And then I flew uh, to the Ananda uh, Palo Alto house, which was in Atherton at the time, overnight. Then I flew straight on to Australia, where I had another month of lectures. Um, I don't know how that schedule happened, but it did. <laughs> and in Australia, I, I did 19 uh, all-day workshops, and then evening lectures and uh, TV appearances. And uh, they were very receptive. But I remember after, oh, maybe 15 all-day workshops, we were t- driving a long way uh, to the next place where I was going to do an all-day program. And my host, who is a wonderful man, just said, guess what? This university—they uh, want to have his lecture there tonight. <laughs> and, you know, it was—you know—a seven-hour drive, and and I must admit, uh, I was a little <laughs> more than unwilling, and I couldn't face him. I just looked out the passenger window, and I thought, uh, why couldn't they just record my voice and play it? <laughs> This was before uh, all this. I, I, I know that they recorded voices in 1981, but uh, it wasn't as easy as now, I think. And, and I just sort of thought that for a while, but then we uh, arrived at the university and I thought, uh, well, this is going to be a bad experience for you, Bharat, and a bad experience for the audience, unless you, you, know, you get your act together. and. Um, And it wasn't that bad, but I just knew that, um, as the reading said, you know, uh, when we're in in matter consciousness, uh, time takes a long time. Things just need to happen, like the fields all of a sudden became ripe. And we know where we can go, don't we? Uh, We just lift our energy up through the spine, to the spiritual eye. And uh, it's just transformative. We've all experienced it. Uh, and feel the presence of God and so I had about 15 minutes 10 minutes and I went out in a little garden and I prayed and I said I need help uh, lots of help Uh, and I need your joy and enthusiasm if I'm going to do this today and so I, I walked into the lecture and I felt so much joy that I lectured over an hour than I was supposed to but the whole concept of flow learning which is something that we use at our schools, and uh, it's, it's not a, uh, I bet you there's over 100,000 educators and, that use this form of, uh, of education. That all came to me that night, just because I was willing. And uh, when God knows we're willing, you know, that's when the blessings really flow to us, uh, doesn't it? And, and so more and more, it's like, uh, as Swami has said, you know, if we take care of the present moment and we fully receive it and we 're fully in, immersed in it, there's so many blessings in that moment and, uh, and to just take advantage, and of course, uh, we need to be still in order to uh, fully enter into uh, the present moment or approach the the present moment. There's no harm that can come to us when we're in the stillness of God And uh, maybe things will happen to us, but it's nullified uh, uh, It's reduced or we, we just pay off karma quickly. Uh, I have a friend uh, I was visiting with him on a Sunday morning, and he's the superintendent of a small school district in Pennsylvania and uh, he was um, telling me a story that just happened to him just a few days ago. Uh, He said, I was sitting in the school office and I'd had to uh, fire or suspend the wrestling coach who was a champion, uh, state champion wrestler. I guess wrestling is pretty big in Pennsylvania. Uh, And uh, he had a lot of relatives in the town and in this car coming I saw about four or five big 200-pound guys, there were two cars uh, filled with good old boys come racing up to him at the office, and he quickly called his daughter and said, call school security right now. And then he hung up the phone, and he had just about 37 seconds before they landed. And so he he did meditate, and he just sat and he lifted his eyes up, as the reading said, and he, he became very calm. And uh, as calm as you could be uh, with uh, these guys getting out of the car. They rushed into the building and they tried to intimidate him. That's how they were used to um, getting their way. And they were yelling at him and everything. And he was sitting there calmly behind the desk. And they were shouting, why did you do this? This is an embarrassment to the family. And then on and on and on and on. And he just stayed centered in his spine. And they saw that they weren't getting to him, uh, and they became a little bit quiet. And then he had a chance to speak, and and it was just the coach was just verbally abusing uh, the students, and just couldn't he just couldn't allow it anymore. And he explained uh, that it was for the students' sake, and and they listened, and they said they would talk to their um, uh, I guess it was most of them it was their, their nephew. Uh, And everything uh, resolved itself and Swami Kriyananda has said that when we're centered in the spine When we're centered in the eternal now outer events adjust to our inner control Because there's so much more magnetism because the life force is gathered isn't it in the deep deep spine and so everything on the surface just adjusts to it and, and nothing can touch us uh, there 's a, a beautiful story about one of our members in Portland, Mari. Uh, she was at her local bank uh, depositing or uh, taking money out of her bank and there was a robbery, and she was right next to you know a window or two right where she was and uh, it was a, kind of an energetic robbery, you could say and um, <laughs> And Mari, uh, being a yogi, she was a little kind of uh, perturbed by her reaction because she was really frightened uh, by the event. And um, you know, Master had said we should uh, uh, stand unshaken among <laughs> breaking worlds. <laughs> and But when we're in a situation like this, um, you know, we really see where we are, and probably be, of our response, if there was a Robbie next to us. Um, uh, but she was still, uh, there was disappointment on her part. And so for the next two years, she just thought of Om. And you know, in Om, Om is Divine Mother, it's the creative aspect of God. And Om uh, is the pristine vibration from pure, unmoving spirit. God moved the water. He created vibration, but it's called a pristine vibration because it's just—it's God's presence in this world, and it's beyond duality between pain and health, and joy and sorrow. Uh, and so, it's—it's just—it's just Om is God, as the scriptures say. Uh, and in Om, there's no opposite or no opposition. It's just—it's uh, uh, Om is the melody of love. Uh, well, uh, two weeks had gone, or two years had gone by, and Mari had, um, had kept thinking of OM. If there was an harmo, harmonious sh- situation, uh, whether in herself or uh, around her, she would just silently chant OM. Uh, she would listen uh, for the inner sounds as-, as well as she could, and uh, just focused on it. Well, two years, almost to the exact day, she was also at her bank, same branch. And there was another robbery, which was even more violent. And somebody was thrown to the ground, and um, Mari was very calm. She'd been focusing on home. And uh, uh, there was just a lot of chaos, and there was a woman that was freaking out, just like Mari had the time before, uh, two years before. And so Mari just grabbed her hand and said, Let, let's, uh, let's get away from the. Uh, Let's help calm things down. And so she took her hand and she just sort of, on the floor, they sort of scooted out of the way uh, because I think they were right next to the the gunman. And it was just a a testament that she, you know, Swami said that, you know, er, this world is a vibratory world. And the the secret is to follow that movement uh, which will evade. It is the absolute stillness and we come to the pristine vibration of Om, And then we go beyond Om to the Christ consciousness What is the Christ consciousness? It's the reflected spirit of God at the center of every vibrating atom in the universe and This is the consciousness of a Christ and then you go into pure spirit and that may seem like that's far away uh, but remember uh, the eternal now. Uh, but but Swami has said that in every pause and hong Saw lies the Christ consciousness. All we have to do is go deeper into it, and uh, we have so many things uh, that 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 help bring us there. Uh, love brings us there because we we're anchored in the spine, uh, and we don't go outside of the spine, but we're we're, we're centered uh, very deeply. I had an uh, experience of, well, Master said that when, uh, when you are in the present moment, uh, uh, you, f- you feel God is joy. And I was um, uh, up on Grouse Ridge, an area that many of us know. It's not too far from Ananda. And it was June, and it was covered with snow. And um, uh, I'd taken two Englishmen up on top and left my map with them. And I uh, went down, but everything looked different in the snow. So I took the wrong ridge. And it was about 7,000 feet uh, or so. And it was late, uh, uh, just a few, maybe an hour uh, of light left. And as I was going through the snow, I realized that, I had gone the wrong way and I couldn't get back to my car. And so I knew that I, I didn't want to sleep in the snow. I didn't have a sleeping bag or anything. So I had to get off the mountain as quick as I could. I knew that uh, by morning I'd find my way, because um, there was the, the freeway. Uh, as Daniel Boone said uh, when he was asked, have you ever been lost? And he said no. Uh, uh, I've been, might, bewildered for a week or two, but but he always knew which way the Mississippi was. Well, uh, Highway 80 um, was, uh, you know, by the next day I would have reached Highway 80, so there was no problem, but it would have been an uncomfortable night um, in the snow. Uh, So I, um, I, you know, I energetically walked, but I I walked with God, and I uh, just just thought of God and talked with God. And I got out of the snow, and, uh, and that was good. And uh, wouldn't be as cold. And, uh, but I found that I, there was still, in the twilight, I could still keep going. And, uh, but I started feeling this overwhelming sense of peace and joy in my heart. And, um, and that just became everything to me. Uh, and then I reached this lake. And there were some fishermen way out in the lake. But I didn't want to call to them, because I would have taken away from the the great sense of joy and peace that I felt in my heart. That was more important, as I said, than, than anything. So I didn't say anything at all. And I kept kind of walking, chose one way to go around the lake. And finally, I came to this little cove, and there was a man fishing there. And it was just maybe 30 feet across the cove and uh, i said um what lake is this and he kind of looked at me puzzled (laughs) because it was falling light and he said well it's lake spalding and um, i'd never seen it from the backside. and i said oh thank you Uh, and then i kept walking around the cove by this time it was pitch black and i was having to shuffle with my feet and uh, i got onto a road and i was just shuffling and all of a sudden, I heard out of the darkness of the night uh, the the same fisherman saying, um, why didn't you know the name of the lake? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, I, I left my car uh, up the road uh, a few miles. It was actually eight miles and about two th- maybe 2,000 feet higher. Uh, but I just, it was all in God's hands. I, I just wasn't going to, um, it was just, I just felt so much joy, I didn't want it to end. Uh, if I got a ride, then the night would have ended uh, sooner. So I didn't say anything. And um, I, uh, and so he talked to his friends, and they said, well, you should come and drive up there, but it's a really rough road. And so I was in the back seat with the fisherman, and the two were in the front, and, they, uh, and the driver didn't want to drive up there. And uh, and I was hoping that oh good I'll get the night would last longer and you know it's just eight miles uphill in total darkness I don't have a flashlight and uh, <laughs> but this is just you know this the night's gonna last longer uh, and this joy I feel I mean I don't you know have this sense of joy uh, uh, you know with me all the time. Uh, all of us will have it all the time at some point. Uh, but finally, uh, the, uh, the first fisherman shamed the driver into driving me up uh, so that I was able to get the car. Uh, but, you know, Swami has talked about contentment as being the greatest virtue, hasn't he? And that's because uh, we're just, we aren't resisting life. Uh, we're just fully embracing it. And, you know, as I said earlier, everything that comes to us is uh, karma just given to us by Divine Mother for our freedom. And, uh, and then we don't create so much waves of commotion. And then we can live more and more in the center of God. I'd like to read um, as something that it was either Swami or Master wrote. I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, but he said, in God, no time exists. There is only now. The illusion of space and time is produced uh, by movement of thought, restless. Without movement, absolute consciousness alone would remain. And so remember that uh, admission in the Bible, be still and know that I am God. We have so many wonderful techniques um, to, to practice to bring us to that stillness. We have so many dear souls and gurubais that remind us of God and divine love that help bring us there. We have an incredible fortunate life, don't we, Uh, to just more and more come to a
0: point of rest in God and guru. Bless us all.